Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Break It Down. It is I, Alice McCarthy. Yes, your ears don't deceive you. This podcast is still a thing. I'm being joined by Kenny McIntosh, and we have decided to make a comeback. The same week, two other people have decided to make a comeback. Randy Orton graced us with his presence, and then as the credits rolled, and I must admit, I was sold. Didn't mean for that to rhyme. CM <laughs> Punk arrived back in WWE. We've got one of the hottest returns and one of the hottest stars in the business today on the show, L.A. Knight, in his chat with Kenny McIntosh. Let me bring in the hot Scott himself. Kenny, what's going on, my man? Life is good. Life is interesting. And, yeah, we, I mean, the thing is, we, we have said to people, though, this is not going to be a weekly thing. This is when we have the time to do it. And, you know, you're, you're busy in London, working in high office towers, dictating to people, doing photo shoots ah, for ah. the Metro. Uh... So... You know, you're too, you're too busy to talk wrestling these days. I, I've got lighting to sort, you know, grooming my awful goatee. There's all sorts of things I have to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, what a week for us to pick back up. Um, obviously, CM Punk making his return to WWE. Now, full disclosure, before we get into the promo on Raw and all of those things, um, I was very much of the opinion this time last week that CM Punk was not returning. 
right? So I don't want anyone to, I'm not going to pull one of those, ha yeah, I knew it all along. I'm not going to be one of those guys. I will say a day or two before Survivor Series, maybe a day because it was on Saturday, right? So Friday, mm-hmm. I did hear mumblings of stuff being especially covert, right? Like planning being very small circle. And even at that point, I still thought, probably not punk though. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I thought they've gone out of their way to announce Randy early. And that's probably to locate the fans who would have been expecting CM Punk if they'd let the surprise linger. So even even knowing that, I thought I hey, maybe at least it probably won't be punk. And then alas, Kenny, it was. Were you surprised? Give me the overall reactions to that famous music hitting us at the end of Survivor Series. Yeah, I, mean, I wish I could say I saw it coming as well, but I I was also of the, the camp that I don't think it's happening. I didn't think it was never going to happen. I thought that there was still a chance that he might show up before WrestleMania if they wanted him, but I didn't Yeah, expect... I, 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 I thought he'd return. Sorry, just to interject. I agree. I thought it would be eventually, just not now. Yeah, m- maybe down the line. And then, you know, I was, it was like 4 a.m. You know, we're, I'm watching it live. And when they did that pan wide shot, I remember just thinking, it's quite a strange shot. <laughs> and then when you see the graphic with, with him, I was like, this, this is not really, I feel like I'm hallucinating. Like, this can't really be happening. And then he came out and, but I mean, what, what's almost more interesting than him coming back, which obviously is a huge, huge story, is 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 actually what he said last night on Raw, which mm-hmm. was, was, which was just not what I was expecting. Well, it wasn't a lot, was it? No, it was. I think it was like, but it's one of those weird things where some people are like, you know, oh, CM Punk's too much drama, and then, well, this is what you get when you don't have any drama. <laughs> you know, you just have um, <laughs> him doing a pro. And I think he did lay the seeds for stuff. Like I think you know him saying, "I'm home," and Seth Rollins calling him a hypocrite. I'm sure that's to to build something up. But I don't. Know, I'm quite a petty guy, so I really would have liked to wee dig at somebody. That's what we've grown to love about him. But I mean, we did get the victory yeah. lap at the end, at least. Yeah, I mean, I liked it that, I mean, maybe the most interesting he said was not the official promo, but straight after he said, I'm here to make money, I'm not here to make friends. Yeah. And you think when he was in the in the ring, he did this, real, I mean, it was about six minutes long, very gratuitous, um, home, this is where I belong, all of this stuff. And I thought, I, I, I just personally couldn't take that seriously after watching what he'd said in AEW. And I understand he's playing a role, if you like, but he's never someone who's really played a role. He's kind of said what was on his mind and, and that's come through in his promos, which is really what got him to the position that he's in. You know, he's great in wing, in ring worker and all that great stuff, but um, the promos are really what took him over the edge and took him into the hearts of all fans. I, I, I just felt he was really weak, really weak promo. Yeah, he said, oh, everyone was you know, delighted to see me. Well, almost everyone, you know, clearly referring to Seth Rollins. What's interesting about that is the reports say that Rollins and McIntyre were only told just before the main event. So I don't think they had loads of time to think, oh yeah, how are we going to ham up an angle here? How are we going to get something started? I think the video of Seth Rollins after the show is just genius marketing from him. But I do think it's a mixture. I, I, I think he genuinely doesn't like CM Punk. I don't think that's a work. I think his over-the-top animation hatred 
is certainly the beginning of an angle. And Seth Rollins isn't stupid. He smells money, Kenny. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, it's the, the big difference between when Punk was in AEW and the Bucks and Omega, you know, refused to work with him. And I know I know there was a fight, so I'm not saying it's the same thing. But, you know, they, they refused to work with him. They refused to be in the same room as him. They refused to sit down with him, which is quite strange when, when you're executive vice president of a company. But, <laughs> you know, whereas in Seth Rollins, night one, he's working an angle, two minutes in. Like, what a pro. Mm. You know? To, to I mean, me, I mean it's, sorry, you go. Go on. No, 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 I was gonna say you go. Well, I, I think it's one of. The, I mean, I don't want to be like Jim Cornette and be like, you know, wrestlers today are pussies or anything like that. But it's just more <laughs> like you do want your wrestlers to have a bit of backbone. And the fact that the Bucks and Omega were not were not even willing to get in a room and try and make money, just kind of says it all. With Seth Rollins, in spite of what he said in the past, in spite of his real life feelings about CM Punk, he's immediately willing to work with them and just do what's going to make money for the company. So I just think it's, uh, if more people were like Seth in that sense, I mean, I think his character is terrible at points, but like if in terms of his, his professional attitude, I think more people should be like him. Well, I don't think you'll get that Seth Rollins in this feud, which is actually quite exciting too. But um, yes, I think with, I, I, I've always felt and this is mostly from the comments in the media, that the Shield boys did not like CM Punk. It's not overly clear exactly why. Obviously, the Shield were closely linked to Punk. That's how they debuted. Three of CM Punk's last four singles matches in WWE before his 2014 departure were against the Shield, all one after the other. And Billy Gunn, randomly, was the very last one. But um, the... The disdain has lingered over. Obviously, Roman hasn't been able to help himself. Moxley didn't really... I mean, they, I'm, I'm, unless I've got a glaring oversight here, they didn't really touch or work together in AEW, Moxley and Punk. Well, they had the they had the Moxley beaten for the title when he came back in 2020. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that was more, I guess... Yeah, it wasn't like a long thing, I guess, was it? it was yeah, just like, a two, just like a two-week thing, which obviously led up to All Out when... It, it, all, it all went tits up. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. No wonder. No wonder I can't remember. That's what I remember about All Out. I yeah. remember about All Out is the John Moxley CM Punk match. Um, no, I, I, but again, I, I've always felt like there's a bit of disdain there for them. But uh, if you can parlay that into money, all the best, all the best, nearly all of them, wrestling angles are based off reality and, and heat and disdain. So, Brett and Sean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock and Triple even, H. Yeah, exactly. They bloody hated each other. Um, you know, I, I, I guess to a degree, Punk and Cena at one point didn't, didn't see eye to eye either when they was at their hottest. Um, even Edge and Matt Hardy, people were interested. They were interested. So, yeah, I think um, the, the, there's tons of possibilities there for CM Punk. You know, when he, he and Roman will work together at some stage. I mean, I'll be damned if he's the one who defrauds Roman, but they should work together at some point, and that would be big business. I, you know, as a week-to-week talent, looking at CM Punk, Kenny, uh, it, uh, that promo, I felt was like a, immediately, a lot of people would call the word underwhelming. They would say it's a WWE sanitization of CM Punk. And mm. it'd be really hard to disagree with them. Yeah, I think, I think that what, and maybe I'm giving too much credit here, but it felt like what was happening was, we were getting the tease of something that's going to happen and we weren't getting anything else. That was all we were getting. 
And I mean, a lot of people are saying it's punk going to go heel because of the kind of because you know the, the whole comment about I'm home. I mean, I don't mm. think anybody really nobody could, buys that. No, it's it's like this has to almost be like a, a work that you're saying that because there's no way that, you, that, he, that he would ever say that. So, but then that could play into him and Rollins. But I mean, do you do you think? I know you were saying you were quite under underwhelmed by the promo, but like, did are you underwhelmed at the prospect of this run that he's going to have? Has it put no, you no, off, no, 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 or no. do you think it's no, still salvageable? I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not like in love with CM Punk, the guy. You know, like he, he's not like my guy by any stretch. You know, uh, when you look at some fans that kind of like adore him and and hold him in this this like insanely high regard. Um, yeah, that's that's not me. <laughs> but the, the wrestler I really love, right? Like, uh, and I really enjoyed him at his absolute apex at the, you know, sort of turn of the last decade. I, I've got a lot of love for CM Punk and I'm very excited to see the people that he works with. But I guess, and if this is by design or not, when you're, when you're listening to that promo last night and he's saying things like, you know, coming home and... Um, yeah, like, this is where I'm meant to be, and uh, I've, I've meant to. Uh, he said something about Dusty, saying that you know this is where you have to accomplish stuff, or maybe you know I, when he said the wise man, I assume he means Paul Heyman said you might have to go away to come back. Yes, um, it's like all of that stuff. I just felt like, but I saw you <laughs> in an a, in an AW ring saying like this was the fucking worst thing you could do in wrestling. Like this was like <laughs> sapping, this was sapping the very life out of you. I saw it. Um, I can't just like it. Just if it's meant to be disingenuous, if it's meant to be, you know, if if it's meant to be rubbing me the wrong, like the wrong way, like it did, and you you're meant to pause and say, "Hang on a minute," then then kudos, I guess. But uh, it felt like for a babyface promo on the return, it's just a bit weird for me. Um, so you know, his old self righteous stuff just washed right all over me there, but. Do I want to see him wrestle a whole bunch of people in WWE? Absolutely, yes. Am I compelled? Am I magnetized every time he's got a mic in his hand? Absolutely, yes. One of my favorite performers. So, um, do you think though? Do you think that the promo last night was a deliberate kind of a, a deliberate attempt to be slightly underwhelming for a storyline reason, or do you think that that's just kind of what he is going to be in this run? Because well, yeah, I, th- I think it might be the latter, to be honest. Like, I mean, I, I, even if it was the former and th- and they were trying to do that to set up what's to come, I think that, that is underwhelming. Like, for in in the sense that this was the first time people were going to see him on Raw have a microphone in WWE for the first time in nine years, over nine years. Nine years. Don't fuck around when you've got that opportunity the next night. I saw people on Twitter, uh, not that Twitter's the be on end all, but uh, as a gauge, Saying about oh this is the hottest anticipated roar in forever basically like Randy was back Seth's gonna speak or whatever and um and obviously Co- and CM Punk was gonna be there and then when you actually look at what was delivered I don't know if WWE capitalized that or not they should have Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like as the former, I just don't think CM Punk the the performer is coming in to just you know be totally hokey. It, it reminds me a little bit. Of, do you remember? This is a, a very sort of like niche reference, but I don't know if you remember in twenty sixteen, early twenty sixteen, when Jericho was being like a really rah rah baby face. I do remember and he was, that, and he was doing like cartwheels with the new day and stuff. And you were like, oh my God, he's lost it. He has no idea what he's doing. But in actuality, it was all a plan to get people to... Was it now? Well, he said it was. He <laughs> said he it, was. it was. So... I, I've, I've often thought he gauged the audience yeah. after a week or two and thought, ah, rather than we'll do this one. <laughs> That's what I think. But, you know. Yeah. What well, you, you know, that, I'm, based on what he said, if, if that is true, then I feel like this could be a similar type thing where... Because, like, he's... I mean, we Tony Khan did say to BBC West Midlands that <laughs> you know, he can't he can't talk about the punk stuff. Which, by the way, like again, I said this with Finn, and I'll say it again here. I don't want to like I'm not the best interviewer in the world. I don't claim to be, but I think that when you are an interviewer and you've got Tony Khan and you ask him a question like, "What did you think of CM Punk at Survivor Series?" and then he says, "I legally can't say anything," you, you really can't do a follow-up you've killed your question you you can have to think about something he could potentially answer legally i i think he could probably talk about it because he talked definitely talk about sam punk at survivor series there's nothing fucking legally wrong with that yeah but like i think you know he 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 obviously didn't want to talk about it so maybe there is a legal thing where punk is not allowed to talk about certain stuff potentially but i don't know I, i feel like if this was under Vince McMahon, I think I would feel a lot worse about it. But usually with the Triple H stuff, like the big stuff, it tends to be that there is There's an idea. idea. Yeah, 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 a plan. yeah. So I'm I'm trying to have the confidence in the plan, whatever that may be. I mean, do you think that do you think Punk and Rollins is going to be the Mania match? Do you think it's going to be Rush and be Rumble? Like, where do you see him fitting in? Uh, well, I think it's probably still Cody and Roman at WrestleMania, and. It, it would take a huge detour to get away from that. Like you'd have to do a lot of work because it feels like they have slowly built built those blocks. I I still hold out hope that it is Rock and Roman, um, but I I have learned to not put my eggs in that basket. So I think for CM Punk, like Rollins is a Mania Night worthy main event, and it's been no secret that's what he wants. He's he's often he's long pined to have the WrestleMania main event. Steve Austin and CM Punk's a lot fucking better than that. But mm. uh, either way, they've got options 
for how to utilize CM Punk. His value has arguably never been higher in the sense that he's driving more conversation than he ever has. Um, I think when I say underwhelming, I guess I'm not thinking too much about the content of what he said or the seeds that he's trying to sow as opposed to it, the moment. Like, if that was a chance for an iconic, you, for, you remember where you were when CM Punk returned to WWE, right? Like, you will not remember that promo for years to come, Kenny. You just won't. Like, no. you, it's never going to be the pipe bomb. It, it, it's not going to be the first promo he had in AEW where we referenced it already and he talked about, you know, he was bloody held captive at WWE for so long and now, you know, he, he that was sports entertainment but now he's in a wrestling company and all of this stuff. Like, he could have absolutely shit on AEW if he wanted to but presumably legally he probably can't. <laughs> um but also, WWE probably wouldn't wouldn't advise. He talks about AEW in the promo. You know, you know how they are with that stuff. So it's a it's a convoluted one that I would say, as a bottom line, I'm excited to see play out. I'm not like deterred by last night. I just think it was an opportunity missed, personally. Yeah, no, I I, I can see that for sure. I think I'm just convinced that that was done deliberately because I just don't think that that's. I don't think that you would just go and go and here's the best promo CM Punk cut. Go. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's like they're, they're planting seeds of something because as soon as he said the, the, the I'm home thing, I was like, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the, the crowd didn't really, you know, whether they thought they would or not, the crowd didn't really bite, did they? They were like, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rest of it was kind of big baby face with the AJ Lee stuff. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I'm with you. I, you know, the more I think about it, the more we talk about it. I am with you that uh, he can't honestly say that and keep a straight face, can he? <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure he doesn't expect everyone else to swallow it. But also, I mean, and, and maybe there's a part of it where, like, you know, they came up with us together, and like the line was thrown to him of like, you know, say you're home to see if he would do it, see if he's going to play ball, because mm-hmm. obviously part of it is like, is he going to? go rogue. I don't think he is because I think like in WWE, whether it was under Vince or whether it's under Triple H, like if the hangman Adam Page, which was obviously the incident that starts at all in May twenty twenty two, when he went off script on TV and said, you know, I'm I'm protecting AEW from guys like you. I'm protecting the locker room from guys like you. If that was to happen in WWE with any two top guys, immediately when they get through the curtain, there'd be a conversation. And yeah, like, that can't happen again. And do do you think? Let me ask you this question: Do you think that all of the things that CM Punk had to say about WWE, right, when he first arrived in AEW, do you think now that he's at, out out the other side of AEW, he looks back on that and he thinks like again? I'm just uh, hypothesizing, paraphrasing what he might think. He thinks what a shit show, and he actually ended up thinking, "Cool, I missed the structure and big time feel of WWE." I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying, do you think it's possible he left that experience feeling that way? Yeah, 100%. Because like, I've worked places before where I was oh, this is the shits. But then you can go <laughs> somewhere else and go, oh, actually, it wasn't actually the shits. This is the shits. Like, this is <laughs> this is where it's bad. Like, yeah. um, you know, I can I can definitely... You know, because, I mean, like, obviously I worked at What Culture for years, for a couple of years. And when I was there... I really enjoyed it. I really loved it. And then towards the end, I hated it for various reasons. And then I left. 
and for a little while I was I was I was bitter about it. I was, I was annoyed at various things that had had happened to me. But as times went on, I don't I I, I look I look back on it all really fondly now. So yeah, I mean obviously what culture never sent a sent a uh, FedEx to fire me on my wedding day, but <laughs> you know I mean I'd probably but yeah I think time heals all wounds. And then when you went to AEW and in Punk's mind he's been disrespected whether you believe that or not. He believes that, and I think in his mind he was like. I think I think the fact that him the fact that he went to Raw earlier this year and met with Triple H that was obviously calculated. He knew this potentially was going to happen. That he was yeah. going to need to come back, and also like I think because Triple H is now no longer competition to him. That yeah, that's it's very cool. different. Very different. Yeah. And also, Punk and Triple H are very similar people, in the sense of they are very stubborn people. They are difficult to certain people. And I think they'll, they'll almost get on with that a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, don't don't forget with Triple H, right? Like, I mean, I, I've been guilty of this almost when the black and gold NXT was at its pomp and and waxing lyrical about Triple H, the Booker, who probably is Booker of the Year this year, by the way. Um, and you 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 almost forget he was a right prick. <laughs> he was he was like during his reign of terror. I think like I mean, I wasn't there, but if you just read accounts of everyone who was there firsthand, there is enough of them to paint a picture that um, he, he was a very difficult sort of one track, I need to be the best bloke. And I think, to be fair, even when I've interviewed him, he hasn't really shied away from saying that. He admits that he was super driven and didn't care who he stepped over to get where he wanted to get to. Um, and I think it, what's more pertinent now than ever is that promo, that old Triple H and Sham Punk promo where... Triple H really let him have it. Like, this is at a time where everyone thought the microphone was dynamite in CM Punk's hand, and Triple H absolutely scorched him with that. You know, at least at least I looked people in the eye when I told him I was going to stab them in the back and I was going to do whatever it took to get to the top. He's like, you haven't got the balls. And it has to all be about you. And you could just see in CM Punk's face, he's thinking, ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, you know, and that's, that's wonderful stuff. But I think there is probably that respect there. And if this was a year or two years ago, it doesn't happen because Vince is still in the saddle. You know, CM Punk was probably not going to want to go and work for him. Triple H's vision of WWE is undeniably nuanced from Vince's. Yeah, it's got the hallmarks of it, right? But it's a, it's a different proposition, slightly yeah. different direction. And I think CM Punk could probably see himself working within that more than he could the old one. And working with Triple H and Nick Khan is not working with Bruce Pritchard and... Vince McMahon, yeah, as a, as a two-headed monster, if you want to look at it that way. So, and also, and also, think... the, the main thing is there is there's the revenge element of yeah, you know, yeah, a, yeah. In his mind, again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. In his mind, AEW, you know, they they disrespected him. It was a pile on. Then there was EVPs who wouldn't speak to him for months. Then there was, and you know, so it was just constantly getting worse and worse and worse. And then obviously, they fight it all in. Saying in his mind, but he doesn't want to have the end of his career be remembered as a punched out Luke Perry's son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to go to WrestleMania. Which, by the way, if Jack Perry is the devil, let's just shut. Let's just shut up shop. Let's just go. I'm not even going to talk about it. Uh, (laughs) I think I think they're running out of good options for that. If I'm honest, but um, yeah, I I mean, you're right in everything you've just said. There, he he, he's got all the motivation in the world. To me, I can't fucking believe that the EVPs didn't think there'd be money in them and punk. 
Like there was anyway before all this shit. Like that was the most attention garnering match. Oh, it boggles the mind. But either way, yeah. um, obviously, with him working with Triple H, I think there'll be a much clearer dynamic, as it were. And I'm assuming, you know, Triple H is looking for him to prove some things. And CM Punk is obviously putting a lot of faith in Triple H to understand. But in a weird way, I think they probably are the only two that could have made it work. And hopefully, well, I, I think Triple H has understood, like, you know, when the indie boom was really taking a hold in ring wise, and he yeah. knew that that could work for NXT, right? He he he, he saw the vision. He, you, know, you got to remember, Triple H is a six foot four jacked as fuck wrestler. Right, he in his prime. I'm talking about. He is not looking at Johnny Gargano in 2004 and going, "Wow, can't wait to see him work." That yeah. is not what's happening. Years later, Triple H realised where the business was moving, right, and he was very, very smart to move with it. And he's integrated that into the main roster today, and um, while still retaining WWE's core kind of uh, attraction principles. And I think he's been very smart here, and he's realised CM Punk is worth giving the injection to. Now, however long it lasts, who who knows? It's meant to be a multi-year deal, but Triple H probably thinks, let's just see what we can get out of it. Let's just see how long it will last. It will be worth the risk because the risk to reward ratio is very high in a structured place like WWE. And in worst case, you cut him loose. Yeah. Do we Here's a, here's a, a yes or no question in your gut. Does this mm-hmm. last? How long? Say it's a three-year deal. Does he last the three years? Uh, no, probably not. But I think he, I think he'll do a year. I think he'll <laughs> definitely. I think we'll get to Mania and see where we are from there. Um, uh, it'll be really interesting the landscape post Roman title reign, whenever that runs. You know what I mean? Like, where is Punk on the totem pole? And yeah. I tell you this though, I, I, this controversial bit maybe, but like I, I think the bloodline stuff is so boring right now. It's no, it is, re- and I just I think putting Punk in there, even to lose to Roman, would be a massive mistake, because the formula, of the matches is played out. It's all tired, and I think yeah. that putting Punk in that scenario for him to just be fed to Roman in the same way that everybody else has is just not smart. I think you- it was it was red hot up to Jey Uso losing, red hot, and yeah. then you know that that whatever the pay per view was after Money in the Bank, Summer he Slam. loses. Yeah, he loses there. It's been downhill ever since. Yeah, even the SummerSlam match itself was kind of... That, I think that was when people had kind of been like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of bored of these matches now. Mm. I mean, the, the LA Night one, it kept the same kept the same formula going. So, I mean, I think... Yeah. I think Randy, I was enjoying I was enjoying that match until the interference and the same old finish. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was going, it was going well till then. I do think that the, the Randy Orton-Roman Reigns match at Rumble, which is some, I assume what we're getting, I think that could be fun. Because Orton feels fresh and new, but again, it's like oh, he's fucking huge, by the way, isn't he? He's been oh. to Holland. He's been to Holland and Barrett. <laughs> he's been eating. He's been getting his minerals in. That's what yeah, he's been doing. Yes, yes, he has. Yes, he has. Um, <laughs> I wonder what his training regime is. Um, and it's funny, you know, with with Randy Orton, we are, you know, as a, as a gay man, you see these things more than straight men do. He mm. is he is really seeing the last couple of years of Randy Orton's face because Cowboy Bob is beginning to creep in to that face. Oh. It's oh, starting. Yeah. 
It's fine. So, you know, enjoy being the shagger, Randy, while you can, because soon you'll be <laughs> Cowboy Bob. Enjoy so. being the shagger. Um, well, let's uh, tie a bow on the CM Punk chat as much as I still feel like we could dive in for another half an hour on possibilities with that. But essentially, headlines here are we're excited that CM Punk is back. Um, the first promo is probably laying seeds and is very deliberate into where we're heading next. So, WWE, I think they could have done a better job of hooking us into what's next. But next mm. is what we will look out for. Easy for me to say. Uh, but what is next on this podcast is L.A. Knight talking to Kenny McIntosh. We'll be back whenever the fuck we feel like it, as you've learned. But before until Christmas, then, before Christmas, we'll yeah, be back. Let me a Christmas one. Yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it, you got it. But before then, uh, thank you very much for joining us on Break It Down, and we will catch you next time. Here is L.A. Knight. How you doing? You all right? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for taking the time and happy belated birthday. What happens, though, if my answer there would have been, I'm doing awful, Kenny. We got to talk about some things. I'd say let's vent. Let's, let's, let's go through gonna, it. Are you going to listen to my, my ailments? Are you going to listen to all the problems that I want to spill on you? I'm here for you. If you've got IBS, oh, we'll talk through all this for you. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I'm having a terrible day. No, I'm just kidding. Go on. Um, I want to, because something you said in, the, in an interview this week, uh, got me thinking. You said that when you came back to WWE, there were goals that you had in your mind, but some mm-hmm. of those, like teaming with John Cena, were not goals that you even thought were possible. And I wonder, wondered in that vein, main event and crown jewel with Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. was something like that in your goals? Nope. Um, no, I, I, I have certain things. Literally, like I tried to be pretty general. I'm actually going to look at a couple of them right now. I'm, it looks like I'm kind of screwing you off right now, but I'm actually just kind of, I want to go and reference them real quick, but I had written kind of just general stuff where it was like, all right, year one, I want to do this in NXT. Okay. Year two, I want to be on the main roster. I want to be in the video game, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, all of these things where it was just like, I want to have this and this and this, but like, you know, I might've put like, all right, this championship this year or this, you know, whatever, but I'd never really, gotten super specific about things because it was like you don't know what's on the what's on the table what's available and like um as far as like now wrestling for the wwe championship at crown jewel in basically year one of being on the main roster well i guess it's just the beginning of year two excuse me we missed it by like a month um it's pretty wild um definitely definitely not something that i expected um not something that i had foreseen and here we are doing it anyway. So uh, yeah, man, it's it's. I think it's important and and necessary to kind of have goals and things to to look at. But my God, I'm I'm jumping the gun as far as some of this is concerned for where I've got my uh, my WWE and uh, my, my WWE Championship match set up for. Me. Well, you know, last week on SmackDown we had the, the contract sign with you and Roman. I don't want to put. It felt like that was a test for the Alien Knight character of like, you know, you've been the Alien Knight character with everybody. Now it's with Roman. It's in a contract sign. It's, you know, the biggest situation so far. And it couldn't have gone any better. You walk past them. You sit at the top of the tape, the head of the table. How much input did you have in some of the stuff that went on in that segment that kind of made it feel so, so electric? Uh, I mean, look, a lot of that stuff's a conglomerative effort. Um, I, I have a lot of ideas for things that, of course, you know, there's a team here and all that stuff. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, you can have all the best damn ideas, but if you can't execute it, none of those ideas mean a damn thing. So uh, at the end of the night, it was a matter of me going out there, executing the thing and making it happen. And uh, if if you feel it went over well, and a lot of people do, then I, then I think I did my job. And, you know, Paul Heyman, obviously. Is Somebody's the- calling me. Hold on, Neam. Did you hear that? Did you hear somebody calling nope. me? No, oh, I, didn't. I didn't. Oops, somebody just started calling me. And I called you. <laughs> Neam's a whole inside joke. I'll tell you about it later sometime. Anyway. Uh, so I was going to bring up Paul Heyman. You know, he's obviously very heavily involved with Roman stuff whenever he does stuff. What has he been like to work with so far? Um, I mean, look, look it, it, Paul Heyman obviously has been in the business for a good long time. Uh, he's got a great mind for the business. I would say he's got the... Uh, the, the the mind of a thoroughbred and the body of a guy who just thoroughly eats all the bread. Um, but he's, uh, he, he's, like I said, he, he is a guy who is invaluable to the business. I'll just say that. Um, you know, some people know that you briefly were in developmental a decade ago. Some people don't, obviously it didn't work out. In your mind, why did that not work out then compared to obviously what is working out in spades now? It's not in my mind. I can tell you exactly why it didn't work out. Um, okay. Without without getting too deep into the details, uh, me and the, at the time, head coach uh, from about day one did not get along. I was pretty much told from day one, I expect to hate you. At which point I'm thinking, well, then why the hell am I here? And so for about, about a good 12 months then, it was just me poking the bear and him, you know, hating me and, and this, that, whatever. And it went back and forth until finally uh, my ass was out a year later. But, you know, I, I was told on my way out, we think you're very talented. Uh, we we would like you to come back at some point, but there's a stigma around you. There's a perception issue and we need that perception to go away. For that perception to go away, you have to go away. So maybe it's six months, nine months, a year, whatever, and we'll get back in contact, whatever. And true to the word, we did. And we talked in a year and I was supposed to come back. Uh, but at the time uh, where I was working was offering me money that I'd never seen in my life. And uh, when you're talking about a guy who'd been broke for the first 10 years of my wrestling career, working odd jobs and stuff, just trying to get by, uh, seeing a couple extra zeros on the page was pretty damn attractive. And so I said, I'm going to stay here and keep doing this for a couple of years. And so me and WWE kind of did a dance for the next three years where it was like I'd check in with them. Hey, you know, what's the offer? Oh, we're offering you this. Okay, well, this company's offering me this, so I'm going to stay. And then the next year, it was the same thing. And the next year, it was the same thing. And then it was just kind of like, all right, well, then communication broke down. And it was like, all right, screw this, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, I kind of went about my business. I think I ended up in NWA. Then the pandemic happened and all this stuff. And I was pretty sure that uh, my window of opportunity was over. And lo and behold, that was wrong. Uh, and and I happened to strike at the just, I guess, the perfect time. And here I came in the in the door and I, I basically said, give me three months, three months to, to make an impact, to make a dent. And if you don't think that I'm doing my thing, then you could send my ass home. And uh, well, here we are about almost three years later and they haven't sent me home yet. I, I don't think you're in any danger of that happening. Um, yeah, when, when when that happened in 2013 or 2014, you left. Did that put a chip on your 2014? Did that put a chip on your shoulder to kind of go? Oh, hell yeah! I mean, I already had a chip on my shoulder anyway because at that point I had been 10 years deep in the business and felt like I had been uh, 
uh, overlooked way too many times unnecessarily when I was looking around and, 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 and look, different regimes are going to have different ways of, uh, staffing this place. But, you know, it, it looked to me like they were just trying to staff up like a modeling agency for a while. Um, there's a bunch of guys who had like really good looks and whatnot, but like couldn't really bring it. So for me, it was just like, man, I'm, I, let me just be honest. I, I, I felt like I was a sports entertainment or TV pro wrestling wet dream, if I'm honest. Like, I mean, I every I, I got I got the look that you want. I can talk the trash and I can go in the ring and I can do the work. What else do you want? So at that point, it was just a matter of me just getting the attention of the right people, getting the right eyes on me, and I guess getting the perception right. And so, yeah, I already, I already had a chip on my shoulder kind of coming in there. But for whatever reason, one of the biggest challenges for me in the business, and this is from day one all the way back when it started in 2003, was just that people get a certain perception of me. I carry myself with confidence. Um, I, I sometimes will share my opinion. But at the same time, I'm also a pretty quiet guy when the cameras aren't on and whatnot. I kind of stay to myself. So I might just come say hi to you and then go off and just be by myself. And they're like, oh, this guy's a real jerk. And it's like, no, I'm not a jerk. I just, I don't know. Do you want to talk to me? Do you not like, why am I going to come over and bother you? I don't know. So it's just kind of like, once people get to know me, I, 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 I'll tell you this, when I was at impact, biggest, biggest baby face turn ever bound for glory, 2015, uh, some drinks were flowing. We're having a good time. Everybody thought I was a complete jerk. And then it was like, we're hanging out. We're having a good time. And all of a sudden big baby face turn after this night, it just took a couple, a couple drinks and everybody being open and us talking and hanging out. And by then it was like for the next Three, three and a half years that I was there, everything was wonderful. Honky-dory, copacetic. Uh, because, like, once people actually like, hang out or I get to work with somebody, it's like, okay, okay, yeah, he's actually he's actually all right. Oh, thank you. Thank you for throwing me that bone. So with that being the case, there's always been that challenge to where it's like, I just need to get my foot in the door. But people always have this perception. And that always held me back. Um, so now... I'm finally got my foot in the door. And then that perception happens to be an issue again with the head coach. And then I'm out after a year. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go and just crush this. I think a lot of people would get fired and then they have then gone into hiding or just quit the business or whatever. And for me, it was like, all right, well, I'm not going to take any time off. I moved back out to LA and I got right back on the horse and it was just like, all right, I'm going to start working little indie promotions. Okay. Uh, impact calling. Cool. I got a job there. I'm going to go work there now. Um, and so it was just making sure that I continued to move forward. And I always worked as though WWE was watching me, whether they were or they weren't. When you came back in 2021, what were those initial conversations with Triple H like? Was was it was it very positive that you know I know you were saying give me three months, but did you get the vibe that this was going to be different this time? This well, was going to be much better. Well, first of all, coming in this time, I felt much more confident that I was wanted. Um, and, and that's because um, the, the lead writer and uh, Road Dog uh, had both reached out to me and they wanted to meet with me before I came in. And so we sat down and just kind of talked about different ideas and things like that. And I'm like, wow, OK, I feel like, all right, they actually like want me. And, and, and the lead writer, Johnny Russo, was just like he was like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with your stuff that you've been doing. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know my stuff. I'm like, OK, cool. Like, I'm not a I'm not a complete unknown walking in the door. And I'm not unwanted, which is cool. Let's go. So, so that, and then the first time that I was like talking to Hunter straight up, you know, face to face was just kind of like, Hey man, I know I left with heat last time, this, that, whatever. And he was like, don't even worry about it. It's water on the bridge. We got all that good. We are on a brand new clean slate right now. I said, cool. Great. And so we went there, we did the thing. And, uh, and I think we, 
we made some good memories there in, in NXT. What is your what was the highlight for you of your NXT run and why? Ooh, uh, well, I mean, it, it would have to be partially the million dollar championship feud. Um Rivalry, sorry, some people don't like that word. Um, <laughs> and, and including Million Dollar Man in there, Ted DiBiase, and and me and Cameron Grimes just putting on some great matches and, and just a lot of fun, like, character stuff. But then you go on to uh, even getting into war games in the 2.0 era, where it was, uh, you know, basically the black and gold versus 2.0 and stuff like that. And uh, me doing all the stuff with Grayson Waller. Uh, a lot of that, that stuff was pretty crazy, and, and, and it was great. And that was a big shift where it was like all of a sudden – Kind of like it happened here. All of a sudden, the people started getting on that gravy train where it was like, all right, we're going to jump on the bandwagon here with with L.A. And uh, things got got pretty good and big there. Now, I do need to ask you, and I apologize in advance, for bringing up Max Dupree briefly. Um, when <laughs> when that was pitched to you, what were your initial thoughts? Like, did you think, maybe I need to do this to get back to L.A. night? Like, what, tell, tell me the initial thoughts. Uh, my thoughts were, uh, you're ribbing me, right? This isn't serious, is it? And, uh, because I was originally just told off the cuff by somebody else who already knew. And I was like, oh no, they're just messing with me. And then when I got there and we actually had the meeting about it, I was just like, okay, all right. Well, and when it was explained to me at first, I was like, all right, this is, I don't like this at all, but I'll make it work. That was my thought. Um, but I mean, it was a lot of me just gritting my teeth and just, man, this is not me. This is not for me, but, uh, Hey man, you're going to give me a big raise to do this. Okay. Well, I'll try and make it. And, 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 you know, some people would say, I, I was actually told this is a direct quote from somebody. I don't remember who, but they were like, you know, sometimes you have to, um, what did they say? Uh, sometimes you have to be somebody else to like make it or to get to go legit or something like that. I, I, can't, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something where I was just like, All right, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that or feel that way, but sure. I'll take that for now. And then by the time I was able to get out of that and just be me again, it was like, okay, cool. Well, that was, that's, that's something I'll use at least if I ever need to, I never did, but it was like, okay, well, you know, here's the explanation as to why I was given bad advice, just told, you know, in order to make it or get your foot in the door, you got to pretend to be somebody else for a while, which is pretty much what I felt like I was doing for that time. And, you know, I mean, we hear all these stories that Vince McMahon loved the Max Dupree gimmick, but then Triple H takes over, you become LA Knight again, all is right with the world. Um, that must have been a pretty tumultuous time for you, but were you, did you have faith that the LA Knight character would be back? Uh, I planted, <laughs> I don't know what anybody's plans were as far as that was concerned, but I, I definitely tried to plant seeds with that here and there, wherever I could. Um, cause I know that, uh, once, once it was said that Hunter was in charge of creative in July of 2022, LA Knight started trending on Twitter and which it kind of shocked me, but I took a screenshot of that and I sent it to him and I was just like, maybe there's something to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, look now, whether that actually affected anything or not, I don't know. Uh, but, but the moment that it was presented to me, my reaction was F yeah, please. Uh, like yesterday, let's go. Um, I, I do, I do want to touch a little bit on Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, 
every you know all the stories about him have been so so great and 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 all that kind of stuff. And you were his last opponent, and you got to work with him for a while. Do you have any sort of nice experiences or nice memories you can share with us of your time working with Bray? Um, I, I I can't speak to anything particularly personal. I mean, like he, he and I weren't like best friends or anything, but like I could just tell via the interactions and every every reaction and interaction that everybody had with him, like nobody ever had a bad word to say about him. He was always cool with everybody in the back. Everybody got along with him swimmingly beyond. Um, and and I mean, just super family man. I mean, seeing him with his kids and stuff was, was always cool. He, he was very good with that stuff. Um, as far as me and him, I mean, it was just a, a friendly professional relationship and we just went out there and did our thing. I was given a lot of trust to just kind of, do me, be me and and make the most of my time. And so there were no real limits or handcuffs put on me as far as like, Hey, I'm going to go out here and just do whatever. And a lot of times I don't like to go over what I'm going to say before I go out there, because for me, it's not fresh. It's not, it's not, um, it's not authentic. If I'm going to be like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to say this. So like I was given a lot of, a lot of leeway, a lot of trust in that regard where it was just like, all right, Hey man, whatever you want to say, just wing it. Cool. Okay. Um, just three last questions for you. I wanted to ask you, but you know, you obviously you weren't on WrestleMania this this past year, and then you know people were kind of buzzing about LA Night and LA that weekend. Then you come to London and Money in the Bank. People are, you know, I mean, everywhere you went in London around wrestling fans, it was. I, f- I feel like I was hearing yeah in my sleep. It was just constant. Um, do you think that, that 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 stuff actually, while you might not have been on WrestleMania or won the Money in the Bank match, that that stuff actually helped? the kind of groundswell for you continue to build and build? I'm sure it probably did in some way. People always want what they, uh, what they can't have. Um, and, and I think that that was maybe even some of the trepidation with, with just pulling the trigger on that was, well, you know, this might be a flashing pan. This might be, you know, something to where like, if we give them what they want, then maybe they're going to turn on it. And it's like, well, okay, well, at least let's do it. Uh, I, I don't know. That's my thought process with it. But uh, for me, th- did that help in some way? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it added to it. Maybe maybe it would have been cooler if I won money in the bank. Maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. Bottom line is, here I am in a situation that if you look at how the year started, and hell, if you even look a little bit further than that, and you look at how my main roster run started, I have no business being here right now. But the bottom line is I willed it into existence. I made it this way. And and it helped having everybody come with me just saying, hey, man, we want this guy. We demand this guy. And so the people put it into existence, basically, uh, on my back with me going in there, not quitting, not giving up, knowing that I had something to prove, knowing that I had something to give to this. And now I'm trying to get something back from this, this loveless mistress that is uh, wrestling sports entertainment. Um, and at this point, uh, I'm looking to, to take that WWE championship this week uh, because for me, that's a big feather in my cap to say, man, you never stopped. And here you are. My last question before I let you go is, um, you know, you, you're now on that upward trajectory. You won the Battle Royal at SummerSlam. I wanted to ask you about a promo you did with The Miz, where he kind of brought up the Rock-Austin comparisons, which I guess some of your critics tend to bring up sometimes. Everybody. What do you say? What do you, like, what do you say to that? If somebody was to use that as a sort of negative, say, well, you know, I compare him to The Rock or Austin. He's not an original, if that was what they were to say. What do you say to that? 
Good for you. Uh, I, I don't care. I mean, if, if you want to speak my name in, in, you know, the same sentence with those guys, I'm cool with it. At the same time, I'm looking to go above and beyond anything that they did. Uh, I got all the respect in the world for those guys. Um, but at the same time, of course, there's influence in wrestling. My God, have you ever heard of Ric Flair? Because uh, the chances are, if you have, guess what? He was influenced by Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Who knew? Uh, have you ever heard of Hulk Hogan? Did you ever know that maybe he was influenced by uh, superstar Billy Graham? I think he even admittedly says that he took some stuff from Dusty Rhodes. Wow, what a surprise. I guess that, like, he sucks then, right? Now, so look, I, the, the bottom line is you take your influences and you you make them yours. You, you make it into your own thing. Look at music, man. Music's the same thing. You can always listen to guys and think, oh, okay, wait a minute. That sounds like you know, this person from the past, but it's like with his own twist and it's, he's doing his own thing. Same thing with athletics. Look at Kobe Bryant compared to Michael Jordan. He he basically modeled his entire on-court style to Michael Jordan. And guess what? He had a hell of a career with it. So if anybody wants to go ahead and say that, please, I welcome it. Say whatever you want, because at the end of the day, I'm going to do me. Well, I hope after the, the 20 years you've been doing this, that now you're going to be able to enjoy being on the top. Yeah, that is the key now, isn't it? It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 